Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a cold and wet Tuesday morning. So Georgia Bulldogs, number one college football team in America. I would agree with that. And whoever they face is going to have one hell of a challenge this weekend, wouldn't you say, Ned? When you're talking college football coming up on the weekend and we're doing it on a Tuesday morning, you know there's not a hell of a lot going on. <laughs> Actually, that is that is a pretty good game. And uh, this is one of college football's great traditions, too, because they play it on a, an alleged neutral site in Jacksonville at what used to be the Gator Bowl Stadium. It's where the Jacksonville Jaguars play. So it is Georgia versus Florida. Play it every year, and it has a euphemism that goes with it. It's known as the world's largest cocktail party. It is huge. Folks from Florida, folks from Georgia get together. They, they have a tailgate like no other tailgates. And it is always a very big and very spirited football game. Georgia will go in as a favorite. Florida is good, but they're not in Georgia's category. Also, another series of pretty good football games going on. I'll tell you, here's a trap game for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're number two in America, undefeated, but they are going to University Park, Pennsylvania to take on Penn State before about 106, 107,000 fans at Beaver Stadium in, uh, in the University Park. This is a big game. Ohio State will be favored, but watch out. Penn State can play very tough defense. And then one of the great traditional rivalries in college football will be taking place this week in Knoxville, Tennessee at Neyland Stadium, and that's Tennessee, Kentucky. Tennessee should win. The Volunteers are a very, very good football team. But playing Kentucky, an arch rival in Kentucky under Coach Stoops, is not a bad ball club. These are very interesting football games and a lot riding, bowl games in particular. It's getting close to the end of the season, and if you're following your team and they're having a good one, it's uh, it's getting a little nerve-wracking, especially for the Wildcats. At least I know they've got a lot of competition coming up the next couple weeks, so that's uh, what it's all about, baby. All right, so let's talk about Division One AA or FCS. Official name is FCS, yes. And we would be talking, I would have hoped, about two months ago when we talked about them at this time of the year, it would include Missouri State. It will not. The Bears have lost five in a row. But above that, a Missouri Valley Conference team is number one in America, and it is not North Dakota State, the nine-time national champs. It is South Dakota State. And that's the team the Bears opened the conference season with back in late September. Might remember Bears gave Arkansas all the Razorbacks wanted. The next week, South Dakota State comes on the field. And I looked at them and I said, these guys are bigger than Arkansas. And they, <laughs> they were. were. They were massive. <laughs> they put a defensive show on at Plaster Sports Complex and beat the Bears 28-14. to They haven't lost. They lost one game, their opener to Iowa, but that was it. South Dakota State's number one. Sacramento State out of California. Big Sky team is number two. Montana State is third. They are also a Big Sky Conference team. Nine-time national champion North Dakota State is fourth. There are four Missouri Valley Conference teams in the top 25. There are five Big Sky Conference teams in the top 25. Big Sky and Missouri Valley... Look like they're headed for a postseason showdown in the playoffs, and that very well could happen. It's exciting, no matter which way you look at it, uh, but it's unfortunate for the Bears because, you know, we had real high hopes going into this season. Real high hopes, uh, but we'll see. There's always next year. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, 
we're still in the World Series, but uh, free market for baseball, that's going to get start getting a little action going on. What? Who are the guys you think are going to get got in the offseason? Well, there the big name will be Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. He was offered a contract, and that contract was offered by the Yankees the spring. He did not sign it. He said, I prefer to check the free agent market, which doesn't mean that he won't sign with the Yankees again. He'll be the biggest name. I think the one that Cardinals fans are watching more than anything else is Nolan Arnato. He is a what's called a free agent by conditional purposes, and the conditional purposes is his choice. After a couple of years with the Cardinals in his contract, he has the option to opt out and check the free agent market. Now, it's his choice. Do I want to opt out or do I want to stay with the Cardinals? He has not made an announcement yet. I don't think that he's going to go the free agent route. I think he stays with the Cardinals. He says he loves the team, loves everything about them. I think he probably stays, but that is certainly a situation on which we will keep an eye. Adam Wainwright is also a free agent. He's likely to either number one, retire, or number two, come back with the Cardinals. Corey Dickerson, who played quite a bit for the Cardinals, is a free agent. And Jose Quintana, who the Cardinals picked up from the Pittsburgh Pirates, also falls into that free agent category. So we'll see what happens. Nothing can happen, though. Nothing under rule until after the World Series. But they're already talking. Oh, yeah. To you, they're already talking. The, the telephone's been ringing you. It being as cold and wet as it is today, it's kind of hard to think that the World <laughs> Series is going to kick off this week, and especially if you live on the East Coast. But it does, and all the games at night, right? Yeah, and that's that's kind of an um, unfortunate turn of events, in my opinion, because all the games used to be in the day. And I can remember going to school with the portable radio snuck up my sleeve and with the, my hand cupped to the my ear and listening to the games in private. Teachers hated that. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, that doesn't exist anymore because all the games are prime time night, all for television purposes. I think that helps to, or doesn't help, but it, it will diminish a lot of the uh, young fans look at the game and that that bothers me a little bit but nonetheless that is the situation series starts on friday night in houston houston versus philadelphia it's the best of seven and if it goes all seven it ends on november the fifth gracious i know (laughs) ned will have all his christmas stuff up by then what the hell is going on all right (laughs) what are the uh, most significant odds for this year's classic well this is interesting the way this works you have to understand the lingo of chocolate chips here the houston astros this is the top bet the top bet in vegas if the houston astros in six that's what most of the people are betting on and it's a plus 375 All right, what does that mean? Well, all right, if something's a plus and the number, you bet $100 on the Astros to win in six games, you win $375 in return. That's what a plus number means in front of that. The second most popular bet is the Astros winning in seven games, and that's a plus 400, which means $100 will get you 400 in return. Now, if the Phillies were to win this one in five games, if they were... (laughs) You put down $100 on the Phillies, you win 900 in return. It's a plus 900 bet. Astros are a very strong favorite, as well they should be. They won 106 games, and Philadelphia won 87 this year. But all that's thrown out the window. It's a best-of-seven series. Anything can happen and probably will. 
We'll see. It all starts on Friday. Um, what do we got? One or two days left before the trade deadline in the NFL. Trade deadline is November the 1st. Okay, so, so another, we got about a, under a week, week. Under a week. So do you see any significant moves? I mean, the James Robinson one yesterday I thought was kind of a little wild, but uh, anything else you think is going to come up? We've already had Chris McCaffrey, and he went to the San Francisco 49ers. As everyone knows, there had been some speculation that the Chiefs might make a deal. I talked with some of the Chiefs' representatives yesterday, and they don't seem to think they're going to. At this point, after the all the hubbub going into the weekend, everyone was damn sure that uh, Beckham was coming. But now, I mean, it's Tuesday. We just haven't heard anything. I think by now, I don't think they were going These after him. These people were rather, rather strong in their feeling that Odell Beckham is not even in the ballpark, that the Chiefs are not even talking to him. Now, they, of course, they're keeping that quiet. But they're not. Why would you want him? You've got a pretty doggone good receiving core, as is Odell Beckham. And I'm not knocking the guy, but he does have a history of being somewhat of a disturbance in the clubhouse. And he's coming off a rather significant knee injury. Hasn't played yet this year. I don't think the Chiefs are interested in him. Maybe somebody is. We'll find that out. But I doubt very much the Chiefs make any moves. Um, it would be really nice if they could uh, get a little bit more help on the uh, defensive front. That'd be really nice. Or maybe a little depth in the D-back scene. But I don't know, Mike. They played pretty well on defense against the 49ers. Hell yes, they did. All right, well, see you tomorrow. Stay sure. dry, my man.